All right. Hello. Welcome back. So this will be the first real episode because the first one was just like, you know, welcome and everything. But this will be like filled with content and something that you're going to notice is there's going to be a lot, a lot of scripture because as a Christian, we believe that the scripture is the written word of God and like it holds a lot of power. So like I believe that always going back to God's word in the Bible is very important when you are talking about anything related to the faith. So um, before I get started, just a little bit of what's been going on. It's crazy. It's December. I don't know about y'all, but it's crazy for me. Like it does not feel like it should already be December. It feels like it went by way too fast, but I'm also glad. I'm kind of ready to kind of have winter and the holidays and family and everything. So it's, it's a bittersweet, but I still feel like it's like the beginning of the school year, but it's probably just because I'm taking the semester off that it just feels crazy. But besides that, I don't know, I've been having like trouble sleeping last night. I really didn't sleep. And so if I sound a little bit crazy, that might be why. <laughs> if like my thoughts kind of seem jumbled, that's why. It's because I didn't get a lot of sleep. But I am excited for what I'm going to be talking about. Because what I'm going to be talking about is something that's not only helpful for you guys, but it's also helpful for me to go back to and to listen to because I feel like what I talk about is stuff that like I've actually experienced and actually like implemented, but it's also stuff that I should continue to remind myself of, if that makes sense. So anyway, from the title, you can see today's episode is going to be all about how to stop sinning. I don't mean, okay, so when I talk about how to stop sinning, I don't mean like, you know, you're just gonna um, magically stop doing anything sinful at all and become perfect, because obviously that's not true, like, or that's not possible, because if that were possible, we wouldn't need God and we wouldn't need a Savior, but what I'm talking about is, I believe as a Christian that as you continue in your faith, and as you mature in your faith, you should continue to be sanctified and continue to get rid of things that are against God as you become closer to Christ. So it's not like you should just get rid of everything and just be perfect. But at the same time, I feel like as a Christian, we have, we have the responsibility to cleanse our lives and grow closer to God, like, because obviously there's grace, and obviously, like, he'll forgive us. He's gracious to do that for us, but I feel like that's preached so much that people forget that we should be trying to rid ourselves of things that take us away from God, so it's, it's a balance, because I feel like it's, like, often preached one way or the other, and, like, it needs to be both. We need to be continuing to grow close to God, but the fact that he gives the grace to forgive us 
and the fact that he's so merciful in that way should give us all the more reason to keep trying to get rid of those things. So it's, I don't know if I explained that well enough, but basically I'm just trying to say that what I'm going to be talking about is like when you're trying to focus on one particular sin, because I feel like we should take it one step at a time rather than trying to just look at the whole picture because that can be overwhelming and it can cause us to just want to give up. But if we look at each thing, we can work on each thing individually and those, like, as you do each thing, you'll continue to change and you'll look back and be like, wow, like, look how much progress I've made, even though in the moment you're only working on one little thing at a time. So that's kind of how I want to frame it. But to kind of get us into it, into the content, I want to read from Romans because Romans is really a really great chapter that Paul wrote on sin and grace and everything. But so the first thing I want to read is from Romans 3.23 and 24, which is um, pretty widespread. So you've probably heard it, but I want to read it again. So Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the, redemp- through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So I just want to like remind you guys, like when it seems frustrating, whenever you keep falling into the same sin, like everyone is struggling. Everyone is still working on getting rid of their sin. And like that verse says, we are justified by Christ, by what Christ did not by what we do, but because of what Christ did, we should want to change. Okay, so the other, this is a longer passage, but I really liked it. Um, Just, it shows exactly why we should be wanting to change our lives. So it's Romans chapter 6, and I'm going to read the first 14 verses, and it's talking about the new life in Christ. It says, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless, so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin, since a person who has died is freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you, 
because you are not under the law, but under grace. Wow, that that passage is just, it's great. But the main point I wanted to get out of that is that when you become a Christian, you are basically saying, my old self is gone and I want to be a new creation. Because when you surrender to God, God sees you and wants to make you perfect. Well, how do I explain this? He wants to make perfect you. He doesn't want to make you perfect because that sounds weird. He wants to perfect you. Like he want, through his love, he wants to mold you into his image. And to be like Christ means to not have sin. Because when we have sin, we, we are turning away from God. And basically, like, the more you sin, the more you're letting it rule over you. Like, when you give in to your desires, you're, you're being ruled by your sinful, worldly self rather than using God's power to overcome that sin and becoming more like him. But yeah, you guys can um, read over that again. It's Romans 6, 1 through 14. I think it's really great because when we sin, we're basically, like if we knowingly are doing something that goes against God, simply because we know he'll forgive us, that's very, that's selfish. And I mean, like, it's even more so, like, it's just, I don't understand people like that. People who are Christians and do things simply because they know, like, God's going to love them no matter what. Like, yeah, God's going to love you no matter what. But when it comes to the end of your life, God is going to look back on what you did and it could be something big enough to turn you away from heaven. And I know that's scary to think about, but I mean, it's serious. It's serious because our eternal destiny is like what we should be focused on. We should be focused on eternity and we shouldn't be focused on the here and now. And that's like why why you should be so passionate to not sin because often sin feels good but it's something that is temporary and is going to sabotage your relationship with God and your eternal destiny and so like and oftentimes even when the sin does feel good it feels good for a short amount of time and then something happens and we realize that the only true satisfaction is going to come from things that glorify Christ. So it's just a win-win situation. Okay. Anyway, so I kind of wrote down a few answers to a question that you might be thinking, which is why should I stop sinning? Maybe you feel comfortable Maybe you don't see the reasoning why you need to change if God already loves you. 
Well, there's a few reasons. So first of all, we want to stop sinning because we want to portray Christ. Um, in Matthew, it talks about um, like tree trees and the fruits they produce. And Matthew 12.33 says, a tree is known by its fruit. And so when, when you are rooted in Christ, you are going to naturally produce fruits like him. You're going to produce the fruits of the Spirit. And you're going to just like, it's going to be visible in who you are to those around you. Because God will be transforming you. Whereas, if you're planted in this world, often the fruit's going to be rotten. And, you know, one of our calls in this world is the Great Commission. And it's to make disciples. And so, portraying Christ is important because we want to be that light to unbelievers who might not get who might not get an experience in a church or something else and the only experience they might have is us so we want to be that light in their life and be Christ-like and um, when you sin it just takes away from that opportunity oftentimes and it can just be detrimental to one of God's callings on your life Okay, the second thing why you should stop sinning. Well, sinning leads to death and disconnection from God. So, um, again in Romans, I put verse 623. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, kind of like I talked about earlier. Like, we have to face the facts. Sin is the reason Christ had to die for us because we were sinful and as we live in our sin like without God's help we would go to hell right and basically also I feel that as you give in to sin the more you like make a habit out of it and continue it the more sins you'll let into your life because I've experienced that I have like you decide oh well I'm just gonna listen to this song that might not necessarily be a good idea but that's okay it's just a song but then the next thing you know um the song puts you into a mindset that you go home and do something that you haven't done in a while that is against God and then you start distracting yourself from God's word because you're more focused on things of this world the desires of this world because maybe in that song it talked about you know different things that are important to people who aren't following God's path for them so it's just kind of like a spiral so you just have to be very careful when you decide to give in to a sin. And just if you have sinned and you regret it, you just need to go to God and you need to ask for forgiveness, repent of that, and turn away. That's what God tells anyone that he has healed. 
when he has done a miracle, he tells them, go and sin no more. So it's okay if you've messed up. Just don't, just focus on not doing that sin again. Okay. Um, I also put, all right, Galatians. So I put verse 5, 16 through 18. Um, which says, the spirit versus the flesh. I say then, walk by the spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So that kind of goes with this connection from God, because basically, sin is opposite God, and God is opposite sin. So when you're sinning, you're opposing yourself from God and discounting yourself from his presence or his gifts or, you know, the beneficial things. So that's why we need to not give in to the desires of our flesh because in the end it's going to create a separation. Alright, and then the last verse I had for that point was in 1 Thessalonians. Alright, I had chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. So, right there, God has called us to live in holiness and not in purity. When God called you and when you became his child, he called you to a new life and he called you to live differently from the world. So I think it's really important that we're letting the Holy Spirit come in and transform us. All right, and then the third point I got for why should you stop sinning we're supposed to put on the new life. So I kind of already touched on that, but basically what I've already been saying, we are not the same that we were before we believed in Christ. So we need to be on guard against our evil desires and against the sin we want to commit or that we have been committing. We need to change those things and focus on becoming more like him. Okay, now to the main content. So I have seven points on how to stop sinning. So the first point I have is to grow closer to God. So maybe you have a sin you've been struggling with for a while and you want to figure out what's the best route I can take in order to stop doing this. Well, the first thing you want to examine is your relationship with God. Maybe you're not as close with him as you thought you were. Maybe you're not um, doing the spiritual disciplines, you know, praying, reading your Bible, going to church, going to youth groups, um, getting in community that is going to support you. So that's the first thing you need to examine because as we grow closer to God, he sanctifies us. And basically what sanctification is, is it's the process of purification. 
Um, it's the emptying of us of anything that impairs our relationship with God and anything that impairs us from being a vessel for God's glory. So as we're a believer and as we keep a relationship with him, he'll sanctify us <clears throat> and will purify us. And this will come naturally. Like as you grow closer to him, it will come naturally. As we plant ourselves in Christ, we will produce good fruit as a result. Because that's, you know, when we're planted in him, that's like, it comes through our roots. It comes out through our branches. It will just be a natural thing. Like, it shouldn't be like, uh, I don't know. Like, it shouldn't be a checklist of like, okay, I need to make sure not to do this. And like, not doing it simply because you think that's the right thing to do. It should be like, God has put it on my heart that I need to stop doing this simply because I've been growing closer to him and like he's just made that call in my life. Because like, for example, as I've grown close to God, he's put this um, conviction on me against certain things. He's put a conviction very strongly on my heart, for example, against alcohol. I personally will never participate in drinking and I personally don't want to be around it ever and each person's conviction is different but I've just noticed that God's placed it on my heart and it's just like a natural thing that like like naturally I'm kind of just I'm I am disgusted when I see alcohol so in the same way when you grow close to God your sin should just look gross <laughs> like I don't know how to word it but like it'll just feel like undesirable the longer like you stay close in close relationship with God. Um, so point two, I put practice, rebuild that habit. So a lot of research might say like 21, it takes 21 days to build a new habit. Well, basically it just means that deterring yourself from a certain sin will be hard to do, but the more you do it, the easier it will be. It's not gonna like okay so you decide not to do that sin once oftentimes next time it's still gonna be almost as hard as it was the first time to not do it but um after so many times not a certain number it just depends but after a certain number of times it will become a habit like okay when I come home instead of going on my phone I'm gonna read my bible the first couple times, it's definitely going to be a challenge, but then it'll continue to get easier. And then like at some point, hopefully it's just a habit. Like, oh, that's just what I do. When I get home, I just read my Bible. Like that's just the natural thing to do. And then it'll feel weird when you don't do it. So that's kind of the example I have for that. So like a sin has likely been your natural way of doing things for a while. So it will take a while for things to change oftentimes. Like, there are some things that God will just automatically change, like, he has the power to do that, but oftentimes a sin takes time to, like, rewire your brain to, like, not do it. Even, because, like, often, even, like, you know it's a sin, and the Holy Spirit convicts you on that, but you still do it just because that's what you're used to doing. But you need to rebuild that habit and change how you do things. 
Also make sure that when you take the sin out of your life, replace it with something God-honoring. If you try to remove it without replacing the empty space, you're likely to fall back into old habits. So for example, if you're trying to stop listening to worldly music, listen to uplifting and God-honoring music instead. Find music you enjoy that doesn't contain profanity or glorifies sexual impurity. God doesn't intend you to not enjoy life. He just wants to protect you and build you up. So, like, find some music you like. Just, it doesn't have to be what everyone else listens to. Like, you don't have to fit in in that aspect. Because oftentimes, like, yeah, it's just music. And it's different for everyone, but oftentimes what you listen to and watch is going to slowly like change who you are and you're going to become like more like what you're listening to you're going to like be more open to cussing or you're going to be like I don't know like maybe it's talking about sexual impurity you're going to be more open to doing more sexually and then like you're just like how did this happen well examine what are you listening to what are you watching So that's an example. Just replace that with something better, like something more God-honoring. Okay, point three, get rid of the temptation. So in James 1, 13 through 15, it says, No one undergoing a trial should say, I'm being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So basically it's talking about temptation is not from God. It's from what we desire. But it's important that we get rid of things as we can that tempt us. If you're surrounded by an environment where it's easy to sin, it is more likely you will give in to that sin i.e. if you're trying to stop drinking but still go out with your friends who all drink you're more likely to join because you have easy access to the alcohol but if you avoid going out and avoid buying alcohol and having it in your house you're less you are less likely to drink and this can apply to a lot of things but like if you're trying to stop doing something but you're still like allowing all of the things that lead up to that sin then you're a lot it's going to be a lot harder to stop doing that. So, like, God doesn't, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it shouldn't be, like, how close can I get to that sin? It should be, like, how far can I stay? Like, I shouldn't even be trying to think about it. I should have my mind on something, on the things above. Set your mind on things above, right? And I shouldn't even be thinking about that sin. And then it will will naturally just, I won't desire it anymore. All right, number four, have a plan. If you know you often fall into a certain sin, have a plan beforehand so you have a way out. When you already have a plan, it is easier to know what to do rather than try to avoid it on the spot. All right, number five, get accountability. If this is a sin you've been struggling with for a while and can't seem to stop, it may be time to get accountability. This could be a close friend, a spiritual mentor, or even a pastor. So, accountability. God doesn't want us to walk our faith journey alone. 
And one thing accountability is great for is helping us stop doing sin and calling us out when we do do it. So something you do for this person, you ask them to check on your progress so that you know that they're going to be checking. So it can help you to be like, well, I don't want to um, let them down. So that could be a good aspect. Um, this should also be someone that you can go to when you're feeling like you're about to give in. Like maybe you have a code word and you text them a code word and they're like, what do you need right now? Like, I'll call you and we can talk about it. Or they send you some scripture to like help get your mind on something else. Um, also, this should be someone who will encourage you and will give you grace when you mess up. You should feel safe to tell them when you have messed up because they'll help you to maybe understand how it happened, how to change it, and help you know that you're forgiven. And this is exactly why church is so important. God knew we would need people to help us. Often we will not be able to stop a sin on our own because the devil thrives in isolation and likes to keep the sin to ourselves. But there is something freeing to share our struggle and to get help and support. The devil loves to make us isolated. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm, like, feeling down or depressed, like, I will literally just decide to, like, block everybody out, you know, go in my room, be alone. But that's exactly where the devil is going to get you. You need to be surrounded by people. You don't know, like, how they're going to help you or, like, how they can... They can just help get you through that time that you're struggling and get you to the other side. Like, we're supposed to be there for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you're alone, it's going to be so much harder. Trust me on that. Okay, number six, pray for God's help and strength. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25, it says God's weakness is stronger than human strength. So, like, sometimes we aren't going to be able to do it on our own. And God knows that. God knows that we need him. Like, why would God, why would we need God if we could do everything on our own, right? So, basically, sometimes when you're struggling with a sin, you just need to say, God, give me the strength to stop. Give me the self-control. Like, take me out of the situation. Like, whatever you need to pray. But... I promise you that God is gracious to give that to us when we ask. And he knows that we can't do this alone, but he's right there to help us out. And then the last point I had is surround yourself with good examples. And I think this is so important because I know for me, when I'm around people that like I can just see Christ working in them and like I'm just like so proud of how far they've come in their faith. It makes me want to become a better person. So I think it's a really great idea to do that for yourself because I know there's like a lot of quotes about like the people you surround yourself with because I think it is pretty true. Like you become who you surround yourself with, like not always, but I feel like they make a big impact on how we turn out. And, um, even in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, bad company ruins good morals. So maybe you have ideas of you want to stop sinning and 
you decide to hang out with that one group of friends that you know that they're not Christians or you know that they don't live out their faith, but you decide that you're going to hang out with them every weekend. And next thing you know, you're knee deep in stuff you never thought you'd be involved in. So you just need to be careful because there is a time and a place to have those friends in your life for sure. Because God was constantly living and surrounding himself with people who were imperfect, of course. But you need to be careful what influence they have on your life and what what advice they give you. You just need to be careful and you need to be discerning. But I think it's a good idea when you're trying to stop a certain sin to be around people that you know maybe have have overcome that sin or don't struggle with that sin and you can see their lives and how they live it out and maybe their advice on it. And so I think it's a really it's really important who you surround yourself with. So that's kind of all the main things I had. But basically the I don't want you guys to like feel like oh my gosh like why are we talking on sin like I don't want to feel like because I know that there are churches that are like very like strict on what they adhere to but notice how I'm not pointing out exactly what sins because there's not a rule book right like God Christ came and died to replace the rule book because instead we have the Holy Spirit and we have the word of God that help lead us on the right path and we will naturally become what the law wanted in the first place. So there's there shouldn't be rules, but when the Holy Spirit convicts you on something that uh, that you know by what the Holy Spirit has told you that it's wrong and you need to stop, that's when you know it's a sin. When it goes against the word of God or when you feel conviction about it, that's when you know it's a sin and that's when you know you need to stop. And so those are the things that you should apply these things to. And the other thing is don't be too hard on yourself because it's going to take time. And just know that when you mess up, God is gracious to forgive you. So don't be afraid to pray and tell him how you're feeling and that you need forgiveness and that. But don't give up on it. If you keep messing up, don't give up on it. If you know it's a sin and you know you need to get rid of it, figure out how you how you can do it. Use some of the things that I talked about. But yeah, I hope that this podcast will help you guys. And if there's something you're struggling with, just try to refer to this podcast and figure out how you're going to go about trying to stop doing that soon.